y'all. Welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host, Ceci Diaz, and first and foremost, I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in, spreading the word, rating, and subscribing. So make sure to keep tuning in because I know that you are going to leave empowered, blessed, and encouraged to be the best version of yourself. You are tuning into episode two, Broken Crayon Still Color. On this episode of Benevolence, I will be talking about a specific part of my life that has just recently been out in the open. This year, I had the courage to open up about my experience with sexual assault. I was only five years old. It's really hard for me to just simply tell the story in specifics. So I chose a more creative way um, to just express what happened to me during that time. So um, a few months back, I was invited to be part of a lock-in for my church's local youth group, and um, it was about being honest. And my best friend, she is the best thing ever, very creative, and she wrote a spoken word for me um, using my testimony. Um, And now not only does it cover what I recently just went through, it also covers um, just a little bit more so you can get to know about me um, entirely. So um, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. To be honest, at the age of five, I experienced something I never thought I would. During Bible school class, I was taken to the bathroom by someone who should have been a teacher at the time, but she was in disguise and became a nightmare before my eyes. She began to touch me in places that became the spaces and began the traces for someone else to leave me faceless. To be honest, curiosity began to take place. Should I like girls or should I like boys? If this is what I went through, then this is the new norm. Never wanting to show what I was going through, I left the closet closed and was drawn to a world of pornography that led me to be captivated by femininity and left me confused. To be honest, addiction began to form throughout the years until I met a guy who made my fears turn them into years of being constantly toyed with in the midst of disappointment. And that continued until the day he walked away. To be honest, if this wasn't enough already, on February 12th, 2007, everything I went through became too much to bear. Just envisioning the pain, the tears, the emptiness that it shifted something inside and left me in despair. A darkness consumed my room and all I can see was a lifeless body with no more to feel and no one to steal away my dignity when there was nothing left in me. To be honest, it was not one, not two, but 200 pills that I put in my body that day. An attempt to take my life will always be played. To the night, I decided to surrender. My life has completely changed because of honesty. He was able to work in me when I said I wanted to be set free. Although I didn't understand it at the time, why I had to go through the process, I know that it was something I had to endure in order for me to be sure that someone else can be restored. To be honest, 
If I could be honest with you, then you can be honest too. For years, I would think back to the time when I was five. And honestly, there are moments where it's all still a blur. I began to see those moments more clearly when I became a mother. And I can't help but be as overprotective with Victoria when it comes to anyone. It doesn't matter who's around her. I'll always feel some type of way. My priority is to make sure that my daughter doesn't go through what I went through. And I mean, think about it. What happened to me happened at church. A sanctuary, a place of peace, God, and fellowship among other believers. It only took a moment to change my life forever. I was only five years old, a child, growing, developing, innocent, and discovering the world around me. I never really fully understood those actions. I just know that from that moment on, I was exposed to a world of sexual feelings. Something that should have waited till I was a preteen, a teenager, was uncovered way before its time. Throughout my childhood, I struggled with my sexuality, and I wondered why boys never did anything to me, just girls. And it was something that I dealt with behind closed doors. The thoughts of homosexuality invaded my mind on a daily basis. I eventually discovered the world of pornography and soon became attracted to watching only women. I began to turn shame and contempt against myself. I constantly struggled with my emotions and my thoughts, and I fought hard to change how I was feeling inside, and eventually I broke down. I didn't understand my life, my feelings, my beliefs, my destiny, my purpose. I would fight with God and ask him to take the struggle away from me. Why did he allow this to happen to me? There were many times that all I wanted to do was die. And I didn't know who I was anymore. I was internally broken. I went through struggles in secret. My parents were ministers in church, so I lived my life very much involved. And although I struggled behind closed doors, I did everything in my power to show that I was okay. I pushed forward. I pleaded with God to make me forget about everything. And I begged God to take away what I was feeling. And that's exactly what I tried to do, forget. I tried to live my life forgetting and also struggling with who I thought I was because of the lies the enemy kept putting in my mind. Now I am in my 30s and just this year decided to open up about my experience with sexual assault. It's hard to categorize what I went through as as that, as sexual assault. Because it was so long ago. But we live in a time where women and men everywhere are opening up about their experiences. And just recently I came across some celebrities that had also gone through assault. And it reminded me of the pain that I was trying to forget. I never fully healed I realized that. And it wasn't until the first step in my process of healing um, was to open up about what happened. It was so hard to try to even think about telling my mom because my mom has always protected me throughout my entire life and she's done such a great job raising me. And it was so hard. So I worked up the nerve, talked to my husband, talked to my mom about, about it. And it shattered their world. But honestly, I needed to be honest with them. You know, I needed to be honest with myself. I needed to actually like speak it out, like use verbal words and and speak it out um, so that I can start this whole process of healing. And after I I opened up, I obviously I've always gone to God about this, this situation and through my struggles. But then after I opened up to them, that's when I started to like create like some sort of time devotion with God 
and like really have him take control of how I was feeling at the moment. And I'll be honest, it was hard. It was kind of hard to go to God. Like it was something that I kept putting away, um, like in the back burner. And when I finally went to God very specifically about what I struggled with and what happened to me when I was little, I was filled with so much anger. Like I was angry. I was angry at God. I was angry about the innocence that was taken away from me. I was angry at the fact that I had to struggle with my sexuality as an adolescent and teenager. And I was angry that it took 25 years to talk about it. And, you know, I'm still in my process of healing and I'm aware that I'm not alone. You know, there's so many individuals who are suffering in silence, you know, with their identity and their sexuality and from sexual assault. So what I wanted to do was I feel that this season of healing has, you know, it's progressed and I feel that, you know, I'm finally talking about it again because I did talk about it last season, but I'm like really talking about it in specifics and I just wanted to kind of just give you some like tips on what worked for me. And three things that that helped me throughout this process of like identity and also going through the healing process of, you know, sexual assault. Someone hurt, hurt you or um, hurt you internally, physically molested you, abused you, raped, whatever the case may be. Um, these are things that that worked for me um, in my process. So I wanted to start out with some statistics and statistics show that. Every 98 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. And every eight minutes, that victim is a child. And men, women, and children are all affected by sexual violence. And then in terms of identity, so many of us are struggling with who we think we are. And it's because it's based on our experiences, our our society, and the people around us, etc. So it took forever to for me to be completely healed. And I wanted to share with you how I was able to begin my healing process. Now, get like think about this. The healing can be long. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's not impossible. So the first thing that I had to do is to forgive. And we tend to carry the burden of guilt and condemn ourselves because of what happened to us in the past or the insecurity about who we are. So... I had to for, I had to forgive because I was putting so much pressure on the fact that why didn't I go to my mom when that person touched me? And like to get in specifics, you know, it was I was I was just I was a little kid in Bible school class and like honestly I just needed to go to the bathroom like any other kid. And instead of like doing a buddy, you know, bringing a buddy system with you or whatever, um, I asked one of the teachers, it was a volunteer. She was a younger volunteer. She wasn't like, she wasn't like the teacher. She was just like, like an assistant, I guess. And then I asked her to go to the bathroom and then she took me to the bathroom. And then, um, the funny thing is like, I go into the stall and I see that she locks the door. She locks like the bathroom door. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I'm only five. I'm not like, I'm not thinking about anything. And then I finished doing what I was doing. And when I was done and I opened the stall, you know, she just pushed herself in there. And then the rest is history. So um, that's pretty much what happened to me. And I guess I was always putting myself down or I was always like 
telling myself and asking myself like why didn't you go to your mom why couldn't you go to your aunt because my aunt was like also a bible school teacher and my aunt was like next door she had her own class that she was doing there were so many other people who cared for me who were looking who were looking out for me like why didn't I go to them and I remember that that teacher you know she was like she did tell me like don't tell nobody or like something bad's gonna happen so I guess the fear you know of getting in trouble and the fear and then on top of that you know I just I just put a lot on me I was like why didn't I tell my mom why why because then from there it just continued on for a little while and then um just from there from that moment I can just I could just I remember the moments that I struggled with like my sexual feelings I began to feel like what you're supposed to feel when you're going through puberty I was I was like feeling very early stuff that I shouldn't be feeling and was very curious about it and I was always just I don't know from that moment on it other things would happen throughout the years and it was always with girls and I remember in the school the elementary school that I went to it was the same thing and it wasn't you know it was just it was just a girl thing I don't know if it was like we were experimenting I don't know what it was but it was always with a girl, it was never with a boy. And I always wondered, why aren't, why aren't boys doing this to me? Like, is it because boys don't like me? It's like, should I start liking girls? You know, and that's what began, like, that whole sexuality thing going on, you know, in my mind. And it kept on for years, from years, for years, for years, for years. So that's what I mean about, you know, forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself for putting all that pressure and like forgiving your abuser. And you know we need to accept God's forgiveness for any guilt. Because it's real. And you know what happened to you or what happened to me was not my fault. And it's important to rest on what you've been caring for so long. You know the word of God says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, It says come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. It's Jesus is simply saying like. If you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're overwhelmed with what is going on, what you've been through, what you're going through presently, if you could just give it to me and I promise you I'll give you rest, like that's enough. He's literally saying it. Give it to me, you know, and I will give you the rest that you need. So, you know, God can turn your experiences to help others who are struggling. And I feel that that, that what is that is what God is doing with me. He's turning my mess into a message and I'm able to talk about my experiences in hopes that others will be able to be free and you know just know that other people aren't struggling so that's why I do this guys I do this for you guys because if my experiences are going to help you out then that's all I need all I need to know and I'm you know always willing to be here to talk and all of that so but what I want to continue on it says um, as I have it here written, it says, you will never be free until you forgive your abuser and turn your vengeance over to God. He knows that your freedom comes with turning your pain, your past and your forgiveness to God. And then just realize this, like by holding on to your anger and vengeance, like God will be able to work in you. Like you have all that anger and you have all of that resentment towards other people and yourself. God can't do what he has promised you. Like, God can't do it. So if you're struggling, and it doesn't necessarily have to be with your identity, 
It doesn't necessarily have to be um, with your sexuality. It could be with anything, anything else that you are struggling with. Like you have to give it to God. You have to forgive yourself. You have to, you know, because the guilt, like once we sin, there's like such an amount of guilt that we feel upon ourselves and we don't move on from it. And we need to learn to like forgive and give it to God and truly, truly make the change. Like we need to make a 180 change and believe that God is going to take it. He's going to free us. And by giving him everything, you know, he will be able to start working in your life. You know, we need to ask God also for strength to make that decision because it took me 25 years to talk about this. And I feel like now is when I have the most strength, you know? So I promise you that he will give you the strength and you will have the freedom, you know, and also in terms of identity, especially struggling with your identity, we are created in God's image. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, you know, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made in his image, you know, so if you're struggling with who you are, just know that you were made in God's image. You are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. And we need to believe in that. Um, and that definitely moves on and transitions um, over to number two, which is measure your self-worth by God's measure. You know, many times we tend to hate ourselves and feel worthless. And I felt this for many years and I felt that God wouldn't be able to use me because of what happened to me and especially with what I've been struggling with for a long time. And that is a major lie of the enemy. He will do anything to stop us reach our God-given potential. And we have to focus on the promises of God and believe in what he says we are. You know, we are valuable to God. We are enough. We are a son and daughter of the king. The word of God says in Ephesians 1, 4, it says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Like he chose us. That's like, that's the word right there. He chose us. You know, it seems like one of those verses we always hear all the time, but like John three sixteen. you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Like he chose to come down. He didn't have to come down. He chose it. He's God. He has everything that he needs, but because he loved us so much, he came down and became man to save us. And we need to measure our worth by his measure, not on, not on man's measure, because man will always tell you that you need to be skinnier or that you need to be prettier or that you need to have longer hair or shorter hair or, you know, and those are insecurities that have been formed within us because of what society says. But we need to be measured by what God measures, like how he measures, measures us. God chose us and he sees us as righteous, spotless and virtuous. And it doesn't matter how you feel, what you've already done. God sees us as his children and he loves us no matter what. We need to be, begin to believe in our worth. You know, our worth is not measured by man. But I said it like I said it before. It is measured by God. And we can either let the world tell us who we are or we can let God tell us who we are. 
And moving on to number three, surrender your painful memories and struggles to Christ. You know, for those of us that struggle with with our identity, we begin to feel guilt and shame. And I said this before. And many of us feel helpless in the fight to kill our own feelings and also our painful memories. And the act of surrendering is very difficult, but it's possible. God demands total surrender. Like, total surrender. He doesn't want you to to surrender like one day. He doesn't want you to to surrender just your mind. He wants you to surrender everything. He Mind, body, soul, strength, everything. He wants you to surrender everything. He wants you to put your life into his hands and leave it there. Because sometimes we we always pray and we're like, God, I put my life in your hands. But then the next day we're like, okay, I want it back. Because I want to do things this way. You know, like, no, you have to completely surrender. And that's always been a struggle of mine, especially as a mom. You know, I always have that fear of like, God, like, please, like, keep Victoria in your hands. Like, that nothing bad will happen to her in Jesus' name, you know. But but we need to start believing in it. You know, we need to surrender and believe. Because if we just surrender, it's like, it's like whatever, you know. We need to surrender and believe that he is going to take our painful memories, our struggles, our insecurities, our anxiety, everything, and he will take care of it. You know, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for for you. He cares for us. So if the Bible says it, we need to believe it. You know, trust me, it's easier said than done. But with time and complete surrender to God, he will be able to heal, heal you and guide you and show himself to you. And he's done it for me, so I know that he can do it for you. Please always know that you are not alone. The enemy always wants to put doubt in our minds that we are the only one going through our struggles. Like, well, especially when we're alone. We're the only one that goes through. No one understands me. No one knows what I'm going through. Trust me, God knows what you're going through. God is always there for you. And just remember that I am here for you too. So always remember three things. Forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Forgive your parents. Forgive. Forgiveness is first. Then measure your self-worth by God's measure. And number three, surrender your painful memories and struggles to Christ. Always remember that it doesn't matter what you've been through, how you feel, what you've done. God sees past all of our faults and he loves us unconditionally. No man, no woman, family, friends, career, the future, the past can measure up to the love that God has for you. It doesn't matter how broken you are. God has a plan for your life. It's time to believe in yourself, surrender to God, and he will use you like never before. Like the title of my episode, Broken Crayons Still Color. And finally, if you or someone you know has gone through the pain of sexual assault, you can always speak with someone who is trained to help. Call the National National Sexual Assault Hotline sorry, at 800-656-HOPE or you can chat online at online.rain.org. Now, the rain is an additional N, so you would do online.rain.org. That website is amazing. I was on that website, and it shows you prevention for parents, like if you're looking to prevent tips and, you know, just things, information so that you know about it. Um, also it, it helps people that have been sexually assaulted and what to do, because obviously that's not something that, 
you you know you could just tell tell someone you like if you want to go further there's like access to like you know getting help from therapists and from going to the police and things like that so all of that information is in there and i think you can do things anonymously as well also remember that you can go to your local church and consult with a pastor a therapist or someone you trust who can get you the help that you need okay and remember that you are not alone and that there is help so thank you for listening into benevolence where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table did you know that benevolence has its own instagram all you have to do is search benevolence podcast and you can also follow me at i am Ceci diaz to know a little bit about me and benevolence if there is a topic that you would like for me to discuss in the future please do not hesitate to email me at benevolencepodcast at gmail.com with requests petitions questions comments or testimonials I want to hear from you. And please remember that I am here for you and I want to pray with you. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode of Benevolence. You don't want to miss it. Bye.